0: All right, here we go. It is uh, December the 13th already, and uh, we'll go ahead and finish Revelation 21 today. And next week, by the way, being Christmas Sunday, uh, we'll not do a study in Revelation. It's, it's time for us just to uh, praise the Lord and, and celebrate the Christ child. So if you have a reading or if you have a favorite Christmas uh, video or song, uh, that you would like to contribute for next week, please let me know uh, as soon as possible, rather than at the end of the week. Uh, th- that gets kind of hectic around here. But anyway, if you have a scripture, or you'd like to read a poem, or you'd like uh, to, meet, to to look up a, a song or a, a music video, please let me know. Uh, and I will be happy to have that ready for you next week. So next week is uh, everybody brings something to contribute. As we normally do, only we won't be, uh, we won't be face-to-face, okay? All right, uh, Revelation 21, we left off at verse 4. And the balance describes as best John can describe it the incredible sight of the new Jerusalem as it descends uh, down upon earth. And I thought what we'd do is we'll just take it uh, verse by verse. Uh, Pay attention to the dimensions. It's absolutely incredible. We'll talk about the importance of of the gates, the nature of the stones or the jewels, uh, as they are mentioned. And uh, we'll try to draw an equivalent to what those jewels mean today, because the The jewels as described back then, uh, 2,000 years ago, are a little bit different than ours today in terms of the colors and whether they're opaque or transparent. So we'll talk about that as as we go along. So in this uh, passage beginning in verse 5, Jesus obviously is the one who is sitting on the throne, and he addresses John, verse 5. And the one sitting on the throne said, and that's Jesus on the throne. Look, I am making everything new. And he said to me, write this down for what I tell you is trustworthy and true. And he also said, it is finished. I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end. To all who are thirsty, I will give freely from the springs of water of life. So, uh, Christ here affirms his identity as God, the Alpha and Omega, the beginning and the end, and then a a figurative reference to those who thirst for salvation and they find it in the water of life that that Christ provides. Now there's an interesting aside. I don't know if <clears throat> if you picked up on it, but at about 1.30 in the morning, it it in my groggy state it occurred to me that uh, in verse 6 there's a phrase there i don't know if you you noticed it um but he says and he also said it is finished and of course that brings to mind of course jesus when he was on the cross right in john 19:30 when jesus had received the sour wine he said it is finished And he bowed his head and he gave up his spirit. Actually, although the two phrases in English are the same, in the Greek, they have different meanings. If we go back and we look at um, our passage here in in Revelation 21, verse 6, and he also said, it is finished. That word finished there in the Greek is ginomai, ginomai. Ginomai means um, to come to pass, to bring something into existence. So for example, let's say you're you're uh, creating a painting and you finish the painting and it's finished. It is ginomai. It is a product of work that you're proud of. It's finished. It's ready to go. It's prepared to do the work that it's supposed to do. That's the intent of what Jesus is saying here. And when he says it is finished, he means everything now has come to pass. All the work is done. The new Jerusalem is arriving. So it's the preparation is finished. It is ready for you. On the cross, when Jesus said it is finished, the word for finished there is teleo, teleo, and that means to bring things to a close, uh, to bring things to an end, and of course that that makes perfect sense, Jesus on the cross, the suffering, the torture, uh, taking upon the sins of the world, as he's ready to give up the spirit, he's saying teleo, I'm sorry, he's saying, uh, yeah, teleo, it is all being brought to an end, it is finished, it is done, All right. So uh, again, in the English, you have you have two similar phrases there, but in Revelation, it does not mean it's all over. It's ended. It means all the preparation is finished. uh, It's done. We're ready to roll uh, to put it in uh, maybe modern language. okay. so it's kind of an interesting slide there. Yes. A question
1: And don't mind me, but it's just, um, you know, when he was on the cross and his language was Aramaic, correct? Mm -hmm. So, so interestingly, like, since it was Aramaic, so it's translated in the term in the uh, Greek, uh, you know, translation, right? So
0: the only Aramaic that we got (sighs) was the the aramaic quote my god my god why have you forsaken me uh is given to us in aramaic uh the rest of it is is john or uh depending on what you know the, the writer you're listening to they're writing in the greek except for quoting that one aramaic quote but yes uh, you're right as he's speaking uh, from the cross he is speaking in Aramaic yes yeah
1: i mean the last time i took english 101 in college i'm trying to remember because the english language in the bible that we study right is a lot of it is latin Aramaic is that i mean not Aramaic greek is that correct so a in lot the, of our translations uh-huh
0: it, in the new testament yeah
1: in the new testament oh. what about the old testament Hebrew, Hebrew. Okay, right, right, right. All right, thank you.
0: Yeah. So the the exact quote would have is finished would have been given in in by Christ in Aramaic. Uh, I don't know if you mm-hmm. saw the uh, the Passion of the Christ that. Mil- yeah, mm-hmm.
1: my favorite. I was thinking about that today too. Yeah.
0: yeah. Mm-hmm. So and and I think one of the genius parts of of that um that made it so realistic and and I, I i i can't watch that again it was enough for me to see that once um yeah i mean it's a beautiful movie it's it's it's, it's tremendous yeah. uh but it's all done in aramaic and i yeah. think that's one of the geniuses of the movie is it, it adds mm-hmm. to the reality that uh they're they're actually speaking in the language that was spoken um But, you know, remember, it's like um, in in, in that part of the world, well, in most of the world, uh, Greek was the language of commerce, like English is pretty much the language of commerce today. Um, Uh You know, so the the new Testament that we get was written in Greek because basically every it's like English here. Everybody pretty much has some command of English back then. Everybody had some command of Greek, whereas Aramaic, it would have been a very limited audience that, that would have been able to Got it. Uh, do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. Thank yeah.
1: you. That makes sense. Thank yeah. you.
0: So the two, it is finished, finished. Uh, are, uh, <laughs> Same in the English, but totally different meanings. So the one, it is finished now, as Jesus is saying that he is saying, all the preparation is done. Uh, The new creation is ready. Here we go. All right.
2: Pastor Mike. Yes. I wanted to make a comment about um, the phrase to the thirsty I'll give from the spring of the water of life. Without payment, it says in ESV. I was reading uh, Warren Wearsby and he mentioned um, back in the day when he said that, talked about this water. Uh, water was a very precious thing. They may go down, may not have water to drink all day long. So this was the same idea as there'll be no pain or no mourning, but you get to have water. Mm. And I thought that I had not ever, of course, you know, I don't study the culture back then so much, but, um, it was just, I, I like it when I can see that, how he's speaking to the culture.
0: Yeah. And you know, the water. That's uh, a fantastic I mean, observation.
2: Yeah. Cause we <laughs> don't, we don't worry about getting a drink of water.
0: <laughs> right. Right. So to
2: be able to drink from a spring is not something we, and naturally he would put it to life. But I mean, so I, that was very interesting. I just thought I'd that's pass That's great.
0: That. Yeah. And then that's from uh, Warren Wiersbe. Yes. Yeah. Wonderful. Yeah. Yeah. Great. That, that's great observation. Uh, now in verse seven, we have a, a summary of the outcome of accepting Christ or rebelling against him. Uh, all who are victorious will inherit all these blessings and I will be their God and they will be my children. And then verse eight, but cowards, unbelievers, the corrupt murderers, the immoral, those who practice witchcraft, idol worshipers, and all liars, their fate is in the fiery lake of burning sulfur. This is the second death. And remember, as we've traveled through Revelation, and and if, you know, we we pay attention to a lot of the writings in the New Testament, when that phrase is used, second death, that's what we're talking about here, is the ultimate separation from God. The first death being the natural death that that we all go, well, up to this point, that we all go through, except for, uh, you know, a, a, a few people... In the old testament that that were carried right up to heaven but mostly everybody dies on this side of eternity that's the first death the second death is the ultimate separation from god for all eternity and that's what uh what jesus is saying here and uh, my my sense is the uh, descriptions that he's using there are not limited to those but he's giving an example uh, those who, and it's not those who, you know, have, have told a lie once in a while, and those who have showed cowardice once. He, he's talking about those that uh, are described by these terms, and so it's, it's not limited to these things, but it, it certainly is those who are known uh, for these types of qualities, those who are known for rejecting Christ and for living lifestyles that are an uh, antithesis to the way Christ asked for us to live, they um, their fate is the fiery lake of burning sulfur, and that is the second death. All right, and then one of the angels pops up again, if you remember back to uh, chapter 16. And this angel directs John's attention Uh, to the appearance of the new Jerusalem. And it's obviously a mind-bending thing to look at. And John is doing his best to describe it for us within the context of of his culture. So here's verse 9. Then one of the seven angels who held the seven bowls containing the seven last plagues came and said to me, John, come with me. I will show you the bride, the wife of the Lamb. So he took me in the Spirit to a great high mountain, and he showed me the holy city, Jerusalem, descending out of heaven from God. It shone with the glory of God and sparkled like a precious stone, like jasper as clear as crystal. Now, if you you look up jasper in today's world, it is uh, not a clear stone, it's opaque, and uh, often in different colors it, it can be kind of a, a reddish color or, or brown or yellowish or green but the reference here in the context of the ancient near east when they talk about jasper in in biblical terms in the biblical times it's probably more like our uh, our diamond uh, it's clear it, it's dazzling it's it's sparkling it's clear as crystal and so you have to remember when you're, when you're reading Jasper, in, uh, especially in Revelation and in some of the Old Testament, a, a, as uh, we're talking about, for example, the ephod and, and the description of stones uh, that were important to the, the arraignment of the, uh, uh, of the high priests, Jasper is actually a clear sparkling stone, much like our, uh, our diamond here. So John now describes the New Jerusalem, and it's in glorious detail as best he can do in words. And although the New Jerusalem is referred to as the bride of the Lamb, that's a metaphor, it's a figurative reference. The New Jerusalem Mm -hmm. is a literal city that is descending uh, down to earth once Christ has prepared the earth for the new heaven and and, uh, the new earth and the New Jerusalem. All right, so here's verse 12. The city wall was broad and high, with 12 gates guarded by 12 angels. And the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. And the wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. Now, if we go back, and and you don't need to do it right now, I'll I'll just kind of give you the, the quick reference here. If you go back to Ezekiel chapter 48 and verses 31 to 34, and you match it up to this passage in Revelation 21, it's possible that we can identify the four groups of the three gates uh, equ- uh, that, that they equate to these tribes of Israel, all right? So there's, there's four gates, and on each gate, there are three names of three tribes of Israel. And if you look back in Ezekiel, here's, here's a good shot at which tribes' names were on which gates, all right? Here we go. So on, on the north gates would be the names of the tribes of Levi, Judah, and Reuben. On the west gates, Naphtali, Asher, and Gad. The south gates, Simeon, Issachar, and Zebulun. And on the east gates, Joseph, Benjamin, and Dan. And what's significant here is that both Israel and the church are represented in the city. So Israel is represented by the names of the 12 tribes that are inscribed on the city gates. The church is the New Testament church created by Christ, the body of Christ, is represented by the names of the 12 apostles that are written on the foundations of each side of of the city of, uh, of the new Jerusalem. And so you have this now, the uh, the, the blending um, of both the promises and the covenants with Israel and the promises and the covenants uh, with the New Testament church. So, Israel represented by the 12 tribes, the names of the 12 tribes, and uh, the church represented by the names of the 12 uh, apostles. All right. So, and the names of the 12 tribes of Israel were written on the gates. There were three gates on each side, east, north, south, and west. The wall of the city had 12 foundation stones, and on them were written the names of the 12 apostles of the Lamb. So there we see that, that merging uh, of, uh, of the two, Israel and the church, coexisting in the New Jeris- Jerusalem. Now here are, the, <clears throat> here are the dimensions of this amazing city that's yet to be Verse 15, the angel who talked to me held in his hand a gold measuring stick to measure the city, its gates, and its wall. And when he measured it, he found it was a square, as wide as it was long. In fact, the length and width and height were each 1,400 miles. Uh, In some of the older translations, uh, they use the Greek measurements of 12,000 stadia, And even uh, some of the translations use uh, uh, the metric, uh, 2,220 kilometers. Uh, So anyway, to translate 12,000 stadia in the Greek to uh, our American standard, uh, the the length, width, and height were 1,400 miles, one city. Now think about... (laughs) The driving distance from, and I mean the driving distance, not as the crow flies, but if you're driving to Denver, Colorado from Modesto, California, it's 1,300 some miles. So one length, one side of the city, of the the new city of Jerusalem is longer than the drive from here to Denver, Colorado. Just to give you some perspective there. And if you're uh, doing the math in your heads and you're thinking, well, what's the area? Well, if you uh, multiply length times width, New Jerusalem is 1,960,000 square miles. That's amazing, mind blowing. Then he measured the walls, verse 17. Then he measured the walls and found them to be 216 feet thick, according to the human standard used by the angel. So if you're looking at the original Greek, it will tell you it's 144 cubits. In the metric system, it's about 65 meters, or in our, our standard, 216 feet thick. That's the walls of the city. 216 feet thick the description of the yeah the description of the uh the stones in verses 18 to 20 again are not totally equivalent uh to the measurements we know today so what i'm going to do as we read through this is i'm going to stop at each stone and and try to give you the equivalent of what uh what we would see today okay and then we're uh we're We're pretty close to ending the chapter here. All right, verse um, 18. The wall was made of jasper. Not sure uh, sometimes about jasper. Uh, Again, it it could be very clear, uh, crystal like, like a diamond. Not sure. And the city was pure gold as clear as glass now it's interesting we think of gold as uh an opaque mineral um and jewel but it's uh, it's interesting to think of gold being clear like glass the wall of the city was built on foundation stones inlaid with 12 special stones the first was jasper we've talked about that The second was sapphire, Um, that would be bluish uh, in our terms. The third agate, uh, and and there's some different words to describe that depending on the translation you're using is probably a bluish stone with some ripples or, or stripes of other colors mixed in. The fourth was emerald. And emerald is a bright green, uh, as, as we know. The fifth in verse 20 was onyx, uh, which is uh, red and white for us. The sixth was chameleon, which is uh, a ruby red mineral. The seventh, chrysolite, which is uh, more of a, a golden, uh, an opaque golden color for us. The eighth was beryl, which B-E-R-Y-L, which is more of a sea green. The ninth topaz, which is kind of a, a transparent uh, yellow, yellowish greenish stone. The 10th, chrysoprase. I know we all go around saying I, I like a color of chrysoprase. Uh, that's uh, actually just green to us. Um the 11th was uh, jacinth, which is a, a violet color to us. And the final one was amethyst, which is our purple. So we're getting uh, a lot of uh, blues and, and greens, a little bit of red and white, a ruby red, sea green, more uh, yellow green transparence, uh, and a little bit of violet and a little bit of purple. I always think when I'm reading these back to The Wizard of Oz, you know, and, and the, the different colors that were, were used there. So, anyway, the, the, the beauty of the city, uh, John is trying to express by his description of, of these uh, various uh, jewels, uh, jewel colors that he sees. And then in verse 21, the 12 gates were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. That's a huge pearl. And the main gate was pure gold, as clear as glass. And again, there's this uh, interesting thing about gold that's transparent. Got to be a very beautiful thing. But what strikes me is these gates with the names of the 12, uh, you know, each gate has three names of, of three tribes of Israel. They were made of pearls, each gate from a single pearl. That's got to be a huge oyster. I don't you know, we're, that was grown, but God obviously had a place for it. All right. And then finally, to to close out chapter 21, who is occupied, who's going to live in this new Jerusalem? Who's in it? Well, the saints of all time, uh, all the angels and God himself. Yes.
2: I wanted to make, I wanted to comment about the city, before you move too far on. Yes. And I'm going to read this from Wiersbe's book. Yeah. It, he says, Our God is a God of beauty, and he will lavish his beauty on the city. He is pre- on the city. He's preparing for his peeper, people. Perhaps Peter had the holy city in mind when he wrote about the manifold grace of God in 1 Peter 4.10. For the word translated manifold means many-colored variegated. And so mm. I thought that was interesting. And the fact, I love the fact that we're going to have all those beautiful colors because I yeah. love them.
0: <laughs> yeah, so it, it, it'll be beyond beyond dazzling. And, yes, yeah. And I think one of the points that, that is is intimating anyway, the new Jerusalem is going to be God's ultimate city. Yeah. This is it. I mean, yeah. th- this is the city where God will reside with his people for all eternity, mm-hmm. and he's going to go all out. You yeah. know, it, it, it will be just uh, something that is mind-blowing, you know, that, that I'll have to wrap my head in duct tape. It yeah. won't explode Where's when He I talks
2: about, uh, especially the Jasper uh, being clear, mm-hmm. and so God's glory, you know, it will bounce off of these, this, the clear glass, mm. you know, because I've sort of thought about that. Does that mean he's going to radiate this <laughs> mind-blowing light? But now I see that anywhere you go, it would be like a reflection, just like we are a reflection.
0: Exactly. Here. And yeah. I
2: just, Yeah.
0: If, if you go back and, and remember when uh, John was allowed to see into the throne room of God, remember early on in mm-hmm. Revelation, and he, he couldn't see a figure, but what did he see? All these dazzling yeah. rays yeah. of light. And so yeah. you, you think of God emanating these
2: yeah. Yeah. radiant yeah.
0: things, and then... They're bouncing off, as you say, and they're bouncing off of (laughs) all these uh, beautiful uh, uh, stones and
1: and
0: pieces of art in in the city. It's it's just, uh, it's going to be beyond description. And so I think, I think John did his best to try to describe something supernatural in the natural. Right,
2: right, yes.
0: (laughs) Yeah, that's uh, another great, uh, great thought from Wiersbe. All right, so here we go. Here's the final couple of verses in Revelation 21, beginning with verse 22. I saw no temple in the city. Now, remember, during the millennium period, there was a temple. And, of course, before the millennium rule of Christ, the Antichrist had set up a a a likeness of himself, an icon, uh, an idol of himself, you know, to be worshiped. And of course, uh, in the New Testament, there there were temples in the Old Testament, obviously temples, but uh, no need for a temple anymore, because what was the purpose of the temple? In the Holy of Holies, it was where man encountered God through the high priest, Right. And it's where the sacrifices were brought. No more sacrifices are going to be needed and God will be with us. And so the temple itself is, is no longer necessary. And, and it explains it right here. I saw no temple in the city for the Lord God almighty and the lamb are its temple. Mm -hmm. And the city has no need of sun or moon For the glory of God illuminates the city and the Lamb is its light. Now, before I go on, brings up a question. Don't you enjoy sometimes the lights in darkness? Yes. (laughs) Right? You know, the, and and so I I don't know what this means. Uh, (laughs) I got it that there's no night. Uh, But I don't know that that means there won't be places where you can enjoy light, softly illuminating places of less light. You know what I'm saying?
2: Yeah, because when I think of all of that uh, light, I do love it, but then I want to sort of... (laughs) You know, as you say, sort of have a subtleness.
1: Because it's very,
2: of course, I know it's not, my body's not going to be the same. But my, everything about me now, I know that if I had to live in that kind of light, even yesterday, I thought about drawing my curtains. (laughs)
1: Because
2: I sort of wanted to have some dark, (laughs) not that I don't very often want that uh, in the daytime, but... Um, but we don't have the contrast either. No, you know, like you know the like the stars against the dark sky. We won't. I love contrast, so I, I'm sure he will meet that need somehow.
0: <laughs> yeah, or that
2: desire. I should say that's not a need; it would be a desire.
0: Right, and and I think we go back to uh, the. F- elemental functions of the sun and the moon yeah as god set them up they they define our seasons and uh there will be no as we've talked about before there are going to be no oceans and of course the tides uh react to uh, to the moon and and uh, our orbits and and such so a lot of things that are necessary now will not be necessary in the new earth yeah. Because God will be there, all will be well, and, and you, won't, you won't need um, the sun or the moon to dictate seasons. I, uh, you know, and the other thing is, we'll, we'll have these bodies made for eternity, and we can only define what we like and what we enjoy in a very narrow way now. Yeah. Yes. Reference is very narrow. With our eternity bodies and eternity minds, we'll we'll have new ways to appreciate things and i don't think we'll we may
2: love things we had no idea there was to love but...
0: i i agree with you all right so anyway i just wanted to drop that little thought there all right so uh but, but,
1: but it also uh, you know what helps us to like when you're saying this to appreciate what he has given us right now you know i mean if you're saying that we will not have oceans like i love oceans you know I'm an ocean girl, an island girl. So it's like, gosh, you know, he's given us also all, so much of this beauty around us, of his creation, and yet we, as humans, take it for granted, you know. Um, mm-hmm. We just do. It's our nature, you know, to take that for granted, and we won't have that once we're in heaven.
0: Yeah, I uh, again, there will be fresh water we know that yeah
1: but not right
0: right and uh you know we talked about that you know some 70 percent of the earth now is covered by oceans well
2: yeah
0: in eternity in the new earth it's the land that's going to be glorious you know and it mm-hmm. will we will have bodies of of water but it won't be the oceans as uh, as we know it so i don't and 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 you know, as as wonderful as oceans are, they they've also been a a force of destruction. You know, as you consider the floods and and the tidal waves and tsunamis and and such. Uh, so I I think we'll have bodies of water, but they will not be such that they are uh, threatening. Now, for those who like surfing, I don't know how God's going to deal with that. I think He'll probably have.
1: Well, you know, the Amazing. thing is, you haven't been to Fiji. So if you've seen Fiji
0: Ocean,
1: <laughs> <it's something laughs> there you go. Magnificent, beautiful. <laughs> <laughs>
0: yeah, it's in- interesting yeah. to think about. Yeah. All right. So the glory of God illuminates the city, and the Lamb, Jesus Christ, is its light. The nations will walk in its light, and the kings of the world will enter the city in all their glory. Its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there's no night there. And all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Nothing evil will be allowed to enter, nor anyone who practices shameful idolatry and dishonesty, mm-hmm. but only those whose names are written in the Lamb's Book of Life. It's a pretty heavy paragraph when you when you start to plumb the depths of it, because uh, what, what we're, um, we, we, we can't take away the sense that the new Jerusalem is the new earth. It is part of the new earth. Uh, it is a 1400 by 1400 by 1400 city, mile city on the new earth. And so there will be uh, people living in other parts god's creation of the new earth besides inside the new jerusalem now obviously its gates are open and it it can be visited uh, but it's very clear that god is going to reside in this city uh, with his people and he's not uh, apparently going to reside somewhere else uh, but all all the all the kings so obviously God is going to put people, his people, in authority. Uh, This is probably part of the rewards and and losses of rewards that we've read about. Uh, And and it won't be in in terms, you know, law. Law, in its essence, is constraint upon behavior. There will no longer be constraint upon behavior uh, because there will be no sin. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. And right. so how these rulers function, I'm not sure. I'm, I think it's probably in a be- very beneficial role. It's uh, one of a blessing, of, of being um, a source of blessing to, you know, to those who are there for eternity. And, and that, you know, each time I, I, I think about eternity, it, it, it starts to burn my synapses. They start smoking and overheating and I can't stay there too long because the concept of eternity is so foreign.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. it's so true. Like when I visualize, like I'm a very visual person and then when I'm in the revelations, all I visualize, like so many creation, God's creation there, how much space there must be. Right. But at the same time, I visualize close because I get close to phobic if I'm around too much people. Right. Mm-hmm. I like my space. Like. God, I, as a human being, being not there, all I think about is I don't want to be around so many crowded people. I want my space, you know. Uh, but at the same time, we won't even have that kind of feeling, like what we have here on Earth. Uh, that won't be even. Uh, that won't be even in us, right? So, all we—it's weird to even understand this this whole dynamics of what's going to be taking place.
0: Yeah. And I, I think that's uh part of the reason that when Paul was in Arabia, you know, for those two or three years (laughs) following the Damascus experience, and he was taken either in, in by body or in person to the third heaven I think that's why God instructed him not to reveal what he saw. God needed to reveal it to him so that he could be assured of what he was talking about. I think that whole experience was, was for the purpose of preparing Paul to speak with the authority that no one else really had. Uh, no one else had that experience, but Paul could speak with authority about being mm-hmm. absent from the body and, 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 and present in the spirit. Uh, and he could talk with authority about what happens in, you know, after we experience the first death. But uh, can you imagine Paul living out the rest of his life, knowing what we're all going to experience, but being reminded by God with the thorn in his flesh, whatever that was, that he was not to reveal it and to keep it. (laughs) I mean, you know, wouldn't our natural tendency to be, man, I got to tell you what I saw. (laughs) (laughs) Don't tell anybody. Yes. Between between you and me, but boy, wait till you die. (laughs) 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 Yeah. but he obviously, uh, obviously didn't do that. So I, I think, you know, there's a, there will be a, a we'll have a, a new, not only new bodies prepared for eternity, but our, our minds are going to be renewed as well. I, I think we retain our identity and our history, um, no sadness, no tears attached to it. But I, I think we retain that, uh, for eternity, uh, because our rewards or losses of rewards have to do with all of that. But, uh, there, there's a, a new mindset that, you know, eternity to me is, is weird. I mean, things have a beginning and an end, right? Well, not, not an eternity. There There's no end. Well, how do you, wow you know i don't so i'm glad that god's going to reprogram my mind because it it uh, mm-hmm. short circuits mine right now uh, when i'm talking mm-hmm. about that
2: okay pastor mike yes you mentioned something that i hadn't realized or made it clear you said um new jerusalem is a city but it's not all of the new earth right So, it'd be like, we'll take Denver, Colorado. Okay, Denver, Colorado, we'll say that's the New Jerusalem in the whole earth. Then we have all the other earth that people also live there. Not everybody will live in the New Jerusalem. Is that what you're saying? Yes. Not by mine, not living in the New Jerusalem. I, I like the... I like the quietness of God more than the flash of God. I'd rather just know he's sitting beside me than have all the (laughs) glitter. (laughs) So is that so what you're saying?
0: Yeah. And, and I point to verse, uh, 26 and all the nations will bring their glory and honor into the city. Uh, And right before that, its gates will never be closed at the end of the day because there is no night there. Yeah, I wondered Uh, about that. Yeah, so my sense is that you kind of move through Jerusalem. You know what I'm saying? Uh, The gates are open. Yeah. Uh, Nothing is closed. Obviously, there will be no COVID-19. Right. <laughs> <laughs> right. But but, but but added to that, remember that Jesus says there's uh, a new new heaven and a new earth. And remember, we looked at that term new heaven or new heavens. Yeah. As being a recreation of our atmosphere and space. He doesn't say it doesn't end with okay, I'm doing away with the atmosphere and I'm doing away with the heavens. They're not needed anymore. No, yeah. there's going to be a new one. New and one. so space, you know, it's going to be like we can have an eternal Star Trek adventure. Okay, <laughs> right? that sounds fun. Yeah, yeah. The, the, so he's, you know, God is creating the, the new space in space. Yeah and uh, what what he's creating is for uh not just for his enjoyment for but for our enjoyment as well so yes the new jerusalem is a place and it is on the new earth
2: now you but said it's a
0: place it's a location
2: you said god and that's where god will dwell okay yes so But let's say you don't, I mean, I I don't know what exactly this means, but if you don't live in the New Jerusalem, you live somewhere else, you would still have, I'm assuming, the Holy Spirit.
0: Well, yes. I I don't. (laughs) Yes, because the omniscience, the omnipresence, and the omnipotence of God remain eternal. Yeah. And so his location is in the new Jerusalem, but he's also everywhere. Oh, okay. And, okay. You know, his presence is everywhere. Yeah. And, and so, you know, the, this is the, uh, this is part of the mind blowing part of now, the that. God part, the Father. Yeah,
2: this, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. And, and so I, I, I think to put it another way, just because we're not in the Jerus- New Jerusalem, but we're out uh, having a picnic on Mars, you know, today, yeah, does not mean that God is not there. Yeah. His presence yeah. will be there, and and um, yeah, m- maybe through the Holy Spirit. Uh, I don't know. It's interesting yeah. that the 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 Holy Spirit is not particularly addressed here. No. Um, but well, I, I, I'm just assuming that uh, the Holy Spirit will have, you know, that amazing omnipresent uh, function of God as, as part of His function in eternity.
1: What I would uh-huh. Good, good. Oh, I was just thinking that you said something about Mars, and it's interesting because I had a client who works for NASA um, several times, and you know how there's a big, huge list of people going to Mars, and um, and it's going to happen, but the interesting part is when you said that, you know, about Mars, and the spirit would be there still if people, when people go there, right? But it's like, why use so much of that money if you're able to go to Mars, just wait for the... New Jerusalem to happen is so much better than <laughs>
0: Mars
1: <laughs> because once you go to Mars, you can't come back. You're stuck there. You
0: yeah, know?
1: spend all that money away for the real Jerusalem because it's worth saving that money.
0: Yeah, so I'm thinking of the honeymooners, right, to the moon, Alice. Now yeah. it'll be to Mars. Yeah, yeah. Alice, right? Yeah. Yeah. All right. So that closes out. Uh, chapter twenty-one, and then beginning. Um,
1: so does that 20- mean our
2: galaxy is there? Our galaxy, our current galaxy. Yeah, our current galaxy won't be.
0: Well, I mean, it, if, well, it, if it, Mars is there, it'll be re. It'll be new. Uh, so you know whether or not it's Mars and the Moon there's no longer a function for the moon nor the sun. Um, Whether some of the planets we know or the stars we know will still be there. I don't know, but God is doing a new thing there, you know, so whether there will be familiar things that we know about, I don't know, because scripture doesn't uh, scripture doesn't tell us all it tells us is it's going to be new, just like the earth is new. We will have a frame of reference and recognize this is earth, but it's new. And I'm wondering if we'll have kind of the same uh, reference for the galaxy. and I think there will be galaxies. Uh, you know, that space that that second heaven is going to be recreated, and I I would imagine it's it's going to be uh, a, a new splendor uh, as well that that we'll be able to uh, to explore, even without Elon Musk, you know.
1: Uh, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. so,
0: all right any uh, good good observations and 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 thank you for bringing the weir the yeah that's great any other you've questions? always
1: been good about that Anne <laughs> yeah i like her
0: <laughs> any other questions or observations about uh chapter twenty one before we leave it all right so we're almost there Lee will be happy about that. Uh, we're all on the 20 what it would be, the 27th, <coughs> right? 20 Sunday after Christmas. no.
2: Sunday after Christmas. We're going to be gone the Sunday, after- Sunday after yeah. Christmas.
0: Yeah. Oh, that's so we'll right. We'll be back we're
2: the 3rd or
1: the whatever that is, Sunday 3rd. What are you yeah. doing
2: about the prayer summit?
0: interesting <laughs> you ask we're going to do it on zoom oh and instead of being uh, a couple of days it will be three hours oh <laughs> on our our normal prayer day
2: oh yeah uh,
0: wednesday uh january 13th yeah and uh the it'll be from 10 to 1 the first two hours will be spent as a normal prayer summit is, is spent as best we can do it virtually. And then the third hour will be, what did we hear from God in those first two hours? And is he asking us to carry yeah. it forth, you know, like, remember the whole, uh, and I shared that with you, the whole thing about Shalom and irene yeah. Greek, all that came out of a, a prayer summit. Now uh, we don't expect that in, in two hours, The reason we're framing it that way is our facilitator, uh, Dennis Fuquay from International Renewal Ministries, Uh, Dennis uh, has done a couple of these and they found that it's, you you really can't do an all day summit virtually because people just get tired of staring at the screen. Uh, But two or three hours is it. That's about... You know that's about it, and so the first two hours will be the traditional things we do in a prayer summit: reading scripture, responding to God, um, moments of silence, listening to what He has to say, and then the third hour will be like our final half day, where we say, "Okay, yeah. hear from God," and you know what? What do we think He's asking us uh, to do about it? So, yeah, yeah, that's uh, it's going to be an interesting.
2: Uh, well, He interesting, can tell uh, you everything He wants you to know. In a very short length of time.
0: <laughs> yes, he can. He doesn't
2: need all day.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So, yeah, it'll, it'll be a have, short version.
1: Do you guys have a lot of, like, um, younger generations of, you know, uh, pastors in this? Or mostly it's just, you know, uh, oh, the uh, older, you know, age groups more in these prayer summits?
0: You know, it, it tends to be a mix. We don't get a lot of, yeah. uh, you know, 20-somethings. Uh, uh-huh. we get the older 30s, 40s, 50s on up. okay, um,
1: okay.
0: now in the past, and it was very interesting, Roshni. We have run youth tracks where the youth pastors had their own track, they basically did their own summit on site, and then the last like day or day and a half, we, we combined it. Did not work well. In fact, Mm -hmm. the youth guy said, you know, we'd rather be with you guys so that we can learn from you and you can learn from us and we can hear your Mm -hmm. experiences and you can hear our perspectives. So we abandoned Mm -hmm. that. And I think that was a good, I think it was, um, I think it was a good thing to try. Uh, But Mm -hmm. obviously God, it, it wasn't what God had in mind for us. So. Uh yeah, it it's it's a mix. And you know, a couple of years ago, quite a few years ago now, uh uh Ross, Pastor Ross and I uh pushed the issue and and uh women became part of the summit. And Mm -hmm. you know that that was a big thing. So a few guys refused to come anymore because there were women at the prayer summit. And it was not that they were against Yeah, it was not that they were against women, but it's not right for me not to come with without my wife and for there to be women at the center. Oh, i'm going i see okay what well that's <laughs> right we have separate dorms and okay i respect your opinion but but you know priscilla and aquila
1: mm-hmm. did
0: fine together uh, and Lydia and uh, anyway, I'm not going to go into all of that, but it was a good move. And it took, uh, frankly admitting, um, uh, inviting women into the summit really took it up another notch, a couple of notches mm. and, and really elevated the summit because, um, men, men and women often pray differently and have yeah. different insights uh, there are different yeah. giftings, yeah. So, um, anyway, uh, so that's it. We're, we're still probably going to keep it to uh, pastors and ministry leaders or, or ministry directors, uh, only because what is shared is typically shared within the context of vocational ministry and the hazards and the challenges, and and uh, a lot of people who don't experience that on a regular basis, uh, don't get it. Plus, there's an issue of safety. Um, mm-hmm. What's shared oftentimes, I mean, people bear their souls, you know, pastors and ministry leaders. Some come to confess. And, you know, in that environment, you want to keep it safe. And you understand that dynamic from uh re- yeah groups there has to be a safe environment there so um anyway so yeah it will still be a pastor and ministry leader summit they do do uh that's bad grammar um what they call congregational summits where it's a y'all come prayer summit and i'd like to do that sometime we'd probably do it virtually uh because of the expense involved but uh um i'm i'm thinking uh you know maybe a two hour three hour at the max but at least a two hour summit where all of you are invited to participate and experience it uh i think ann you've probably had a have had a taste of it with yeah with john I love byron it. yeah yeah uh it's something that is very very special and so we'll we'll see if God agrees with that and if we can put that together at some point. But anyway, there was a really long answer to your very short question, man.
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> 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 and uh, there may be some other uh, very interesting <laughs> opportunities opening up for us on uh, January 13 as well, but I'll I'll tell you about that as we get a little bit closer, if it looks like it's going to happen and I'll, I'll ask for your prayers about it, but it'll be very cool. So, um, anyway, there in the midst of COVID-19, there are some exciting things.
2: coming. <laughs> That's all right. Yes. All right. God doesn't that COVID-19 doesn't stop. God's. Uh, it
0: doesn't, it doesn't. I
2: don't him. care what people say.
0: <laughs> there you go. Uh, uh,
2: you know, um, you, you quoted, uh, or you read some out of First Peter several weeks ago. I don't even remember what you read for sure. Yeah. But I have taken up reading First Peter and studying Wiersbe's book, which wow. is very it goes right along with this.
0: Yes, it does. Uh,
2: I had forgot, it's been a long time since I probably even read Peter. <laughs> so I'm really excited about it.
0: <laughs> yeah, especially uh First Peter three. Yes. Uh chapter three. Uh, dovetails into our studies in, in yeah, Revelation yeah, in, yeah, a, in a yeah. very uh, unique way. Yeah.
1: Yeah.
0: All right, um, John, are you still there? I'm still here, Mike. How... <laughs> <laughs> you woke him up. I woke you up. Sorry. No. Uh, would you? Uh... <laughs> Would you be willing to close us in prayer today, John?
3: All right, I certainly will. Thank you, Father, for a so wonderful study in chapter 21 of Revelations, and we're finding out all the beautiful things that uh, are awaiting us, and that is those that, uh, who are in, uh, in your book, uh, which is extremely important. We certainly want to stay awake and be present uh, every day, uh, not knowing when you're going to arrive, and we we thank you, Father. We thank you so much that we can wake up daily and know that you are present uh, with us and Jesus. Uh, that's every day, and that's a wonderful feeling. We just thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Hope everyone stays safe, um, doing the right thing, whatever that's supposed to be, taking care of yourself. Thank so. <laughs> Okay, and thanks again for your time and your great study on this, Mike. You're going back and back and forth, and and it's amazing uh, how in the book of Ezekiel that it that uh, it uh, follows in uh, in the in the Revelation 21:12, uh, mm. um, how this stuff all works together. We just we just know that the Father has put this together for us to enable us to be able to understand it. And and have his presence and presence with us, and know that Jesus Christ is our Lord and Savior, is our shepherd, and we're going to follow him closely, uh, not uh, drift off. We thank you for that. We thank you for this day. And we thank you, Michael Douglas, for your good study. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. All right.
0: Before you go, before you go, a reminder about next week: uh, plan to bring something, contribute something uh, to the uh, celebration of Christmas Sunday. And then uh, I want to take a quick poll here uh, because if we do this, I'm going to need to start uh, some some studies soon. Are you interested in going through Daniel?
2: Whatever you want
0: or whatever I want. Okay. Uh, um, yeah.
2: there's teacher. Hi. <laughs>
0: oh, there's Lee. Hi Lee. Um. All I, right. So let yeah. me, let me go down the list uh, here. Uh, oh, John...
2: no,
0: uh, we're, we're losing you there. Uh, <laughs> she all she, right. So Rosh, Roshni, how do you feel about Daniel?
1: I'm I'm fine. Um yeah, I'm fine. It'd be good to get a recap again, you know, on okay. Daniel. All I right, and it correlates with revelations too, Yeah, it?
0: And, and there's some cool I picked off. stuff in there too. Okay. Uh and Lee, how do you feel? You want to go through Daniel? No, nope, we lost her audio, I think. <laughs> All right. Well, no idea yeah. All right. So we'll you know, get Tentatively plan so, you know, to do Daniel.
2: I have a, and, uh, I was wondering I want to go through Daniel, but I was wondering what in it really interests you, Mike, specifically. You always have a reason.
0: Yeah, well that, that's a good point. I am uh, I am interested in how it connects with Revelation, uh, but that's not my main reason. I just think we often don't study the Old Testament, and I think Daniel has some incredible history, some incredible adventure to it. And uh, I, I, I just more and more that I'm praying about it and thinking about it. I think it's going to be a, a just just a a wonderful journey to go through that particular book and 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 learn more about. Uh, Daniel and and who he was and and God's giftings to him and how God used him in a powerful way. So I'm 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 actually pretty excited about the idea now. I uh, more more than just tying it to Revelation. I I I'm more interested uh, or additionally interested. Uh, it was probably better to say in in the history and the adventure and and uh, going through that book in more detail. So that that's what really interests me.
2: I got it. It makes sense. (laughs) Let's do it. (laughs) I love the Old Testament. Uh, I really love studying the Old Testament, and I don't—I haven't really studied Daniel thoroughly, so it'll be very good.
0: I mean, for most people, knowing the song is about all they know about Daniel, right?
2: Yeah. (laughs) Is—is that where uh, Meshach, Abednego? Yes. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. Yes, and the lion's
0: den and yeah. Yes. yes. That's well, a good story. And, <laughs> and you know, we I, I think what's wonderful is, is to be able to tie the centuries together.
2: Oh yes. You
0: yes. You know, and and to see how all this played into the coming of the Messiah. You know, it, yes. it's just uh so I'm I'm actually I've moved from I don't know to I really like to do that. <laughs> yeah,
2: right. that's good. That's that's the Holy Spirit.
0: I hope so. Well, yes.
1: And, and, and I'm really impressed with you, because when we were meeting in public, I remember I'll never forget that you weren't really into Revelations. And I think you have been the most committed one through Revelation all through this whole, you know.
2: Time well, I will studies. tell you, Rosni, um, uh, uh-huh. when I came back into the study, it wasn't uh-huh. about Revelation. It was coming back into the group. It was about the people, uh-huh. Uh-huh. Uh, the connection uh-huh. with the people. And I really started enjoying Revelation once uh, it got down to the good part. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. <laughs> <laughs> oh,
1: well, yeah. well, I nice. didn't
2: like the first, I didn't like all the war and stuff. And I had, yeah. I had to stay pretty focused to even pay attention to it <laughs> <laughs> but i'm committed to the group not oh, necessarily thanks. to <laughs> you know and and that makes so much sense because i it's always interesting to me what mike is doing but you know it's commitment to the group too yeah, i yeah, think yeah. it's important for us to stay connected and be supportive of each other and michael and And it's always a good learning experience. I agree with you. Yeah. And I'll tell you, this group, I mean, this is the only, I may not talk about God to anybody else the rest of this week like this. Mm. So I may Uh not. So this is the only input I have all week long. Mm. So it's really very much important to me now. Uh, I was doing a Bible study. We aren't doing that now. So it's interesting. I had lots of things going to begin with COVID and yep. I, now everything's dropped off. It's dropped off. So mm. I really look forward to hearing ah. people. It's spiritual, it's spiritual yeah. food, huh? That's right. That's right. I can talk to somebody about the weather and COVID and all that stuff, but that doesn't right fill me up any. So it doesn't feed
1: your soul, right? No, it it's does not. It's not chicken soup for the soul. No, it isn't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the no, opposite, actually. It's,
2: and I can take it when I take this. Like I told you, I'm now going to be studying on Peter. So you know, it stimulates my thinking for to do something through the week. Right.
0: Thank yes. you, Ross, <laughs> for <laughs> Well, th- thanks, everyone, for uh, going uh, along the journey with me. Uh, I, uh, it's, well, thank you for doing Revelation. Incredible, yeah. In
1: this, uh, who knew when we
2: started what was coming yeah. down the pike?
0: <laughs> yeah, who knew?
2: Yeah. You know, All right. one of the pictures talking about Revelation and me sticking with it, one of those uh, pictures I've got is uh, the guys laying in the... Road out in public, beaten to death, and everybody going by and looking at him. Now, that is oh. one of the pictures. I have a revelation. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't want to be watching.
0: There are some not not so good images, right?
2: That's right. That's right. I rather think about the clear glass in New Jerusalem because I I'll love. Take- I would live in a house with all windows if I could. Uh huh. <laughs> yes, but I'll yes. take
1: the purple. I'll take yeah. the purple yeah. and the, <laughs> and the uh, glass. I agree, yeah. and Yes.
0: All right, totally. team. Thank all you right. you so You guys Thank have you a good week. Next. See you next bye. week. Love you,
1: all of you. There she is. Now we can right. see her. All right. Bye-bye.